You're part of Constellation now. Part of our family. I'll follow you from here on out, Captain. We're all here because we're committed to the biggest question of all. What's out there? Grab jump is ready. I love this part. Welcome everyone to the Starfield Sandwich Podcast, a Starfield podcast by fans for fans. I'm one of your hosts, Eric A.K. Sulior, and as always, we will hear from my co-host Kelsey, a.k.a. KDB, a bit later in the episode. But yeah, we wanted to give you guys an update as to what we've been doing and uh, kind of give you a sneak peek as to what we will be up to in the very near future. And also kind of go through some of the news and also bring a bit of a discussion topic to the table, which my co-host KDB will definitely be talking about a bit later and I will give my two cents on it after uh, we hear from him. So yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get into a little bit of the news, which again, he covers, but I wanted to bring it up here, is that there was the recent Golden Joystick Awards. And yeah, um, Starfield won Best Xbox Game of the Year, which was pretty cool. Um, Ultimately, Baldur's Gate 3 won Game of the Year, and uh, along with several other rewards, or uh, awards, I should say. But it was cool to see Starfield get recognized. Um, Some other winners here is Mortal Kombat 1, Sea of Stars, Valorant, No Man's Sky actually won an award for people still playing it, which I know quite a few people who still play No Man's Sky. Um, Alan Wake won Critics' Choice, uh, Alan Wake 2 I should say, uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom won Nintendo Game of the Year, not really a surprise there. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy 16 won something, Cyberpunk actually won an award, yeah. Uh, we all know what the general opinion was of Cyberpunk there for quite a while, but it actually kind of came out the other end smelling pretty good. So, yeah, um, I think that's great, you know, and, you know, a lot of these, uh, no, no offense to things like this, but I never really pay attention to, because it's all kind of propaganda in a way, but it's still, you know, no, no discredit to the winners. Um, Zelda is fantastic like I I played a bit of Tears of the Kingdom although I will say that um, I stopped playing Tears of the Kingdom once Starfield came out which it kind of pains me to say that because Zelda is still one of my all-time favorite series I am such a huge Zelda fan I'm actually wearing a Tears of the Kingdom shirt right now and yeah like I can still go back and play games like A Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time to this day. Ocarina of Time is still 
in my list of all-time favorite games. And Tears of the Kingdom is fantastic. Great game. I stopped playing once I started playing Starfield. Like I, I do need to go back and finish it, but that just shows you how much Starfield has a hold on me. And yeah, um, I'm going to be talking about what I've been up to in Starfield here in just a second. But yeah, I, I did kind of want to uh, at least acknowledge the fact that there was an awards, a video game awards show. Um, of course, we'll, we'll be getting the big one um, after the, you know, here you know, in the next few months. But um, yeah, <laughs> also it was, I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but there was a, a recent video where Conan O'Brien was playing Starfield and, you know, he, <laughs> he got with Sam Coe. And blew up Space Grandma. How in the world can you blow up Space Grandma? Like, what possesses somebody to do that? Um, funny, but evil. Very funny, very evil. Uh, if you guys know, pick up on that reference. But, yeah, that that's really about it. There was a, a recent... Um, there's updates being tested in the beta testing. And I can't wait to see those on Xbox. Um, definitely, definitely needed. Um, excuse me for a second. I'm gonna do a trademark KDB coffee sip here. I'm sorry, just needed to wet my whistle there for a minute. Um, yeah, there, there's a huge update that's being tested on the beta tester, and I, I think a lot of them are really needed. Uh, still definitely need some updates and you know they did say that they're gonna be you know servicing this game for their, at least the next five years which you know so glad to see that but yeah let you know what let's let's go ahead and get into my gameplay um i haven't done a ton of uh starfield lately um i mentioned this on the uh, Fallout feed, I recently sent in uh, a feedback to the Fallout feed because, you know, they're they're good friends of the show. And I mentioned that I hadn't been playing a ton of Starfield lately. I think since the last episode we did, I hadn't quite gone New Game Plus with that character yet, with my main character. Now, I certainly have since then. I had put off going... Uh, you know, finishing Constellation as long as I thought I could. Um, I had done all of the faction quest lines. I had done a lot of side quests. I built several ships, which I was not happy about losing. And, you know, I, I wanted to get the quests done before I really explored. So... After I joined the Unity and went New Game Plus, I just focused mainly on exploration. I was like, you know what, I've done all the fucking quests. I can just take my time and explore. Which is kind of unusual for me. If you know my gameplay style, like I need a story mostly to keep me hooked. So the fact that I wasn't, I was kind of saying to hell with the story is unusual for me. But you know what? This game gets you to play, it, it can get you to play in so many different ways. And 
there's no right or wrong way to play Bethesda games, and my cat apparently wants to say hi. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I kind of took my time and explored and went to a lot of places that I hadn't been. Um, I wanted to get all of the snow globes, which I will get into that here in a minute too. And just see what's out there. You need to, you know, that, that's one of the things I love about Bethesda games. And I think I said this on the Fallout feed as well in a feedback where they reward you for exploring. You know, they, they, they tuck things in little corners of the world, in this case, universe, multiverse, what have you, um, with the way Starfield is, that you wouldn't know unless you just get your ass out there and find it. So that's kind of what I was doing. Um, I just, I went and explored a lot of systems. I don't have the achievement for visiting all of them, but I did get the one for visiting 100, and it's kind of odd. When I, when that achievement popped for me, I visited a space station. It wasn't even a, a planet because I think the achievement says uh, boots, it's like boots on the ground or something like that and you visit a hundred different planets. And yeah, <laughs> I guess space stations count as planets? I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I've visited a lot of different places. I found the crucible, not the crucible, the uh, colander. Well, I mean, I did find crucible, the crucible quest line. But I found the colander, um, just I can't remember what the system was. Give me one second and I'll find it. It's uh, in orbit around Schrodinger 3. So, and this quest kind of reminded me of Fallout 4 when you visit the Salem Witch Museum. You know, you just kind of walk in, there's dead bodies lying around, and it's very creepy. And, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but, yeah, it, it just reminds me a lot of that quest where, you know, you, there's something that happened there and you need to find what it was. And so I took pictures of the ship and some other parts of that. And I've, I've been posting a lot of pictures on social media lately, especially Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll you'll get to see my near daily pictures of Starfield and some other games that I'm playing. I've I've just really gotten into virtual like video game photography lately. So, and these pictures were reposted by the Bethesda UK uh, account, which is amazing. They've uh, liked several of my picture posts, but it was really cool to see them highlight me in their own post and I think it was it was right around Halloween so uh, if you listen to this thank you for that that was amazing and another example of a place that I visited that I wouldn't have known had I just gotten out there well I gotta thank Jessica Starr for this you know credit where credit is due she posted about visiting Charybdis so I'm not going to get into this, uh, the details of this quest either, but it was a really cool quest. It's the Crucible that I mentioned earlier, uh, the, the uh, Crucible quest line. So you visit the Charybdis system and you get an emergency alert 
and so you investigate it and it's it's uh, once you get to the the village <laughs> yeah that, that that's all i'm gonna say but i will say though that i did experience a bug with this quest um it wasn't game breaking like there was a way around it but it was pretty significant where you get to a certain point in the quest and the entire village turned hostile against me. I don't even know why. Yeah, there's supposed to be some fighting at this point in the quest, but not the entire village coming after you. It's like you murdered somebody in broad daylight and everybody in their mother wants your head. I don't know. Um, I was able to find a way around it, but yeah, I mean, and it's a, it's a really cool quest line if you haven't done it i recommend it um but yeah that, that was uh, that was frustrating um i did experience another pretty significant bug that i'll get to a bit later but yeah for the most part i've, I've just been kind of um exploring and taking pictures and uh trying to get like completely survey planets which again is not something i would normally do but I am now. But, and, you know, that, that that's not what I'm focusing on currently, though. I did encounter a pretty, another pretty big bug. Um, I, I've sent Kelsey pictures of this, and I've talked about this with the ASA podcasting crew. Like, um, it was brought up on this past uh, episode of the Fallout feed, um, I think the one thing that I love to do in this game is steal ships. I am so addicted to stealing ships. So um, I'm exploring this planet in the back ass end of nowhere. Uh, I think it was called Agarab? Algarab? Algarab, that sounds right. Um, and you know, I'm just kind of, yeah, it was Algarab. I'm just minding my own business, surveying the planet when I hear a ship land. That triggers in me the desire to go steal it. As always, I'm like, ooh, I hear a ship, where is it? Let me go find it, I'm gonna steal it. So, <laughs> I go and I steal this ship, and it's a piece of shit. Um, well, I mean, it's not a complete piece of shit. The grav drive was a piece of shit. The, the uh, engines and the weapons weren't bad. Because I, I stole the ship. It wasn't. It didn't really belong to enemies. It was. It was <laughs> another explorer ship or just a private ship. Um, like it wasn't Ecliptic or Crimson Fleet of Varun or anything like that. It was. It was just a family ship. I'm evil like that. What can I say? So I steal this ship and I take off with it. I get attacked by. I think Mathis from the Crimson Fleet because he was a dick and I outed, I, I told Delgado not to take him under the fleet. And I get destroyed there, but I get away on reloading and I get attacked by some spacers and I kick their asses. And I find that I can't travel to another system because the grav drive is just that bad it, it it was either the grav drive or the fuel tanks i think it was the grav drive though i couldn't you know i i was able to travel to one other system but i couldn't grav jump to an, another one like i couldn't go to the next one in the line i figured maybe i can just travel one system at a time 
to get to the den or somewhere like that to where I can register it without getting scanned for contraband. And I couldn't do it. Like, I just, it would not let me jump anywhere else. So I was freaking out and I was talking to some people and Jess, uh, Jessica Starr suggested um, not taking off in the ship. You can sit in the pilot seat and make the ship your home ship and then travel back to where your ship is and it will still be there on the planet. And she was right, as always. She, she usually is right, <laughs> I will say that. She's right about things more often than not. And yeah, I, I got back to my, I was able to fast travel back to my ship, the Cazadora Azul, and um, was able to make that my home ship again. And I still had the other ship in my fleet. So I go back to Jemison, to New Atlantis, and I see a huge hole in the pavement. Like it was just missing. The planet surface was there, but part of the, you know, the path going from the spaceport, the, the landing pad to where the viewport is, the bar, was just gone. Um, like what? And so I went back to earlier saves and traveled to different places trying to see if it would reappear. It never came back. So, I mean, it's kind of funny, like you walk over to it and you can see where people are supposed to be standing, like they'll be there for a second and then fall to the planet's surface. I showed this in my most recent stream. Um, like, what causes that to happen where just part of the uh, structure is gone? And not only that, but the... Uh, trade authority vendor that's usually there at the spaceport where you know you can just where you can just sell stuff to a computer terminal that's gone too um, and I know it's not just me that experiences this because Jess has told me that it's a pretty well-known bug and I did hear one of the patrons on a recent episode of the Starfield Lorecast talk about the exact same thing too every single detail that they mentioned I have uh, been dealing with as well so, and thankfully it's just that part of New Atlantis. It's not parts of the entire city. So it's not a huge deal, but it's still annoying. Because like I said, it, it never came back. It's still gone. Um, and it's only with that character, my streaming character, uh, it's still there with him. And so I'm, I'm pushing to go New Game Plus 2 to see if that corrects it. So I'm pretty far in the uh, Constellation story that uh, point in it where something really tragic happens. I've passed that and I will say that going through Constellation again, going through the whole story as Starborn does kind of change the way some things play out. Um, that's all I'm really going to say with that. I'm not going to really get into spoilers, but you're able to use your knowledge of how things have played out in the past, in your past, um, to your advantage. That's all I'm going to say. So that's kind of what I've been up to, up to right now. Um, I recently got married to Andresia. Um, I, I married Sarah pre-New Game Plus, and I've, you know, since um, 
gotten with Andresia with this character. Um, I haven't, yeah, I'm not gonna get into that. But um, yeah, I kind of did some of the Crimson Fleet. I'm not gonna finish it, but I did want to, again, see all of the snow globe sites that I hadn't before. And two of them are tied to the Crimson Fleet story. The, uh, I can't remember if it's Tokyo or Shanghai. One of those books are in Delgado's um, room, his bedroom or office or whatever it is. And then the other one is on the Siren of the Stars ship. Um, it's locked in Larry Dombrowski's suite. So, yeah, Larry Dombrowski, Dombrowski, um, kind of a funny name for such an asshole character. Um, although he's very intelligent and has no qualms against showing that off. He, he loves making people feel like an idiot. Didn't work with me though, jackass. And, um, yeah, that's, that's just great. I've now visited every single one of the snow globe, snow globe sites that are tied to a book. And that includes the Apollo Lunar Lander site on the moon. Um, I, I tried finding the Mars snow globe. Um, I know several people have. I have looked for well over an hour where it's supposed to be and I couldn't find it. So I'm probably gonna try again to find it. I don't know if there's something that you have to trigger for it to appear or if it's just there and you can find it wherever. Um, another one that I want to find is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Now, this is again, it's, it's a site that is in the game files, like it's in the game, but, and you can go see it, but you have to know where you're going. So that's another one that I want to see because it, it does look pretty cool. I know some people who have found that. And yeah, that, that's about it. I've played a little bit with my streaming character, not a whole lot. Um, oh, another thing that I did was I built the Kepler S with the uh, Stroud Eklund. Uh, there's a, a second sh uh, quest with Walter where you know you do the first quest where you visit neon with him and all that but then if you talk to him again he will request your help to design a ship with his team and yeah i didn't know about that before i was new game plus but you know I, of course people talk about no oh, have you done this have you done this no wait what that's a thing yeah that was one of those so i went and designed a ship with them and it was a fire ship that did not come with weapons. Why the hell would a fighter ship not come with any sort of weapons? So I, I did add some, um, I wanna say they were Vanguard uh, blasters that Ray and Jess, especially Ray, just seems to rave about. So I wanted to test them out. Usually when I build a ship, I use the um, anti-neutron uh, PB-100s on my ship because those are phenomenal. But you do run out of uh, juice, like power, and you have to recharge. Uh, apparently with these, you don't. The, yeah, and I, the ship is a Class B, so I'm gonna be upgrading it to Class C here shortly. But it is a great little ship. It's got plenty of, you know, space. I mean, it doesn't have as much space as the ones I typically build. 
but it's got a decent enough space. The cockpit's pretty big, which I don't like my cockpits being cramped. So that's fine. Um, my Casadora Azul I built was also all Stroud Equin parts. Um, I need to uh, go and um, there's one other uh, ship builder that I haven't used yet. And need to give me one second, I need to find the name of it. Teo, Teo, that's what it is. Um, yeah, I, I want to build a ship with their parts too, just to say that I have. I'd say that at this point, the Neon um, Galactic, or Nova Galactic, I'm sorry, um, parts have been my favorite. That's where I've, I've built two ships with uh, Nova Galactic parts, the um, Sanguine Dream and the Black Scarab, which, to be honest, the Black Scarab is basically a black version of the Sanguine Dream not gonna lie but I enjoy it um, but Stroud Eklund is definitely up there I, I think I like them more than the demos parts so yeah we'll see how Teo is um, I need to yeah I'm gonna have to look up where that um, shipyard is but yeah that that's basically what I've been doing in Starfield like I said it's it's been a lot since the last episode but not so much recently because I've been playing a lot more Fallout 76 with uh, friends actually I've been a lot more social in Fallout 76 lately I built a spooky camp and have just had a great time running around with friends in the game both on Xbox and PC um, as I'm recording this, it's uh, November 12th. I spent probably close to three hours running around with Ms. Max and Joliet and a couple other people uh, taking advantage of a double XP weekend, and I gained at least 20 levels with my PC character last night. So thanks again to everybody who has uh, put up with me <laughs> the last little bit in uh, Fallout 76. So. Anyway, I am going to hand this over to my good buddy Kelsey, and I will be back at the end of the episode to wrap everything up. Thank you, Eric, for handing over to me. Greetings, travelers. It is I, KDB, here again, once again, for Starfield Sandwich. It's been a little while since our previous episode, since our one month with Starfield episode. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Starfield is still happening and we're back with this episode to talk about some gameplay and talk about a very hot topic, which is Game of the Year, which is a very charged topic um, <laughs> for some people, if you even dare to think about Starfield in the same conversation as game of the year so yeah today uh, I'm checking in with you all to talk about my gameplay give my thoughts on the whole game of the year thing and how it relates to Starfield and yeah this year in general and yeah there's a couple of a couple of other little bits I want to touch on as well um, Eric may have mentioned uh, so we've sort of planning to after this episode do our first official spoiler discussion for starfield i think you know 
that's kind of fair now. You know, if you're still working your way through the game and you don't want to be spoiled, you're probably not even listening to this show. So, yeah, but for those who are listening, um, yeah, you can look forward to that. Hopefully, either next week or the week after, we're going to have get together and do our spoiler discussion where we're really going to get into the weeds of the story and other things that happen in the game uh, and what we think about it. But in the meantime... Yep, I'm here to check in with you, as I said. And first and foremost, weather report, which is um, I can't I, I can't believe I'm making weather my signature thing. That's really sad, <laughs> but I'm gonna do it. Today in the UK is a uh, so we're we're kind of officially still in autumn, but it feels like winter is here. Winter has come. It's not coming. It's come. It's very very chilly. It's it's a kind of overcast day today this week has been up and down it's been cold but showering and sunshine we're coming off the back of a storm the week before um but this is the coldest yesterday i went to work yesterday and it was the first day since last winter so i guess february that the scarf has come out the scarf and gloves it was scarf and glove weather i've also got like a deer hunter woolen inside hat you know ear coverer hat which i love and I get made fun of for wearing all the time, but I don't care because it's so comfortable and so warm and perfect for the cold weather. So yeah, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, I hope you're enjoying the weather. Weather is news here in the UK. It's different every day. It's different multiple times a day. Winter is creeping in, but it feels like it's really come. Winter has come, even though not officially. Anyway, weather report closed. Moving on. So I'm going to get to Starfield. I am going to get to Starfield in a minute. We're going to talk gameplay first, and I'm just going to give you a quick overview. So I I haven't stopped playing Starfield. I took a little break. I took a break because I went hard those first kind of two, sort of six weeks, seven weeks, maybe two months. Um, I actually haven't played it for a couple of weeks. I took a break because I have... So October, and I talked about this on Tapes from the Waste, October was... This year has been stacked for games, but October was crazy. We had a new Super Mario game, a new Sonic game. We had Assassin's Creed Mirage. We had, um, what am I missing? Other big ones. Uh, so if you're a PlayStation player, I guess just recently, last week, Spider-Man 2 came out, which is not quite October, but it's, you know, it's early enough. Um, uh, Alan Wake 2 came out as well, which is a game I was massively looking forward to. And I, I've been playing pretty much all of these games, not Spider-Man, <laughs> say pretty much all of them. Not Spider-Man and not Assassin's Creed Mirage, though I do like the look of them. Robocop Rogue City, that came out. I really want to play that game. I might wait for the sale, um, but it does look awesome. Um, I've been all over the show, taking a break from Starfield. Um, and I'll talk more about my Starfield gameplay in a sec, but I just wanted to profess my love for the Alan Wake verse. So what's that? The A-W... You, <laughs> Alan Wake Universe. I don't want to say AWCU because CU is cinematic universe and Alan Wake is kind of transmedium and games. and It's mainly games, um, even though there could potentially be other stuff in the future. So the AWU, the, Al- the Wake, Alan, Wake ver- Alan Wake Universe. Yes, anyway. And I talked previously how I'd played the Alan Wake remaster just before Starfield came out and fell in love with it, like deeply, deeply in love with it. And then when I, not finished Starford, when I completed the main story, 
I jumped back off and I, Alan Wake 2 was arriving and I was so hyped for that. It looked incredible, ticked so many boxes for me. Um, and I went and played the Alan Wake DLC. No, sorry. So what actually happened is Alan Wake 2 came out and I'm an Xbox player, as many of you know. And it's riddled with bugs and in particular some very uh, bad audio bugs in the initial stages of the game and further stages of the game. And this is on top of a few other little bits of buggy stuff as well, but primarily the audio. And I was trying to play it the day of release, killed the experience for me. I said, I'll wait, I'll give the developers a week to fix the game and to patch it. They didn't in that time. They they released some updates which prioritized fixes on PC and PS5. Nothing really changed on Xbox, uh, certainly not with those main audio issues. And for a game like Alan Wake, which is, you know, it's 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 a game, but it's it's so story driven and it's very cinematic. It's to have the audio cutting out is well, there's 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 no point in trying to play it with no audio, you know. Um. So I gave them a week. I parked Alan Wake 2. I thought, I'll wait for a patch. In the meantime, I played the Alan Wake 1 DLC, two DLC chapters, which, again, I'm not going to go into deep reviews or anything, but loved those. Parts of them had stuff that I thought was better than the main game, so that shot up my list of really awesome DLC. Um, And then I moved on to Alan Wake Uh, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, which is a small Xbox Live arcade game, but very much a part of the series. Debates about whether it's canon or not into the story, but the way Alan Wake works is kind of like mm, there's debates about anything being canon, which is quite fun. Um, So I played that, really enjoyed that fun, like bite-sized little game. It only costs like six quid on Xbox. Um... Because I, I just wanted to soak up everything to do with Alan Wake uh, in preparation for playing Alan Wake 2. So it was almost like the delay of me starting it with waiting for this patch benefited me because I could go and soak up the DLC, Alan Wake's American Nightmare. And then I started Control. Now, I had previously tried to play Control. And I say tried not because I, I had problems or had issues, but I just think it was one of those things where I started Control, played it for a couple of hours, and then something else came out or something released it may have been like resident evil village or something like that something just came and took me away from it and control got parked and i control used to be on game pass i think and so that's when i tried it um so i went back to control because i knew and had heard and had read that this is very much a part of the same universe it's another remedy game and they're linking all these worlds together so i thought right i need to go and soak up control so i did and i played through a bunch of that but specifically to get to the point Um, where you can play one of the expansions for Control, which is completely centred around Alan Wake and the lore of Alan Wake and stuff. So you got to play like eight chapters of Control and then you get two or three chapters or a couple of chapters of an Alan Wake DLC. So I played all of that. And then, you know, a week had passed, no patch for Alan Wake. And I just jumped in. I was like, I can't wait any longer. Um, I realised that Control and Alan Wake Remastered both weirdly had very similar audio issues to what I was experiencing with with Alan Wake 2 and for me that was a massive red flag because those games are years old and I just thought well if they haven't fixed those games years later I don't know when Alan Wake 2 is going to be fixed so I'm just going to play it and and I had heard from my buddy Steve from First Aid Spray that there's some 
rough stuff in that first part of the game with the bugs but then it kind of it cleans up and it's fine for a while and then there was some problems a little bit later and then it's fine so it's not like it's all the time it's just frustrating that it was at the very beginning so anyway so i brute forced it and i'm playing alan wake 2 a lot i'm just about to finish it up i'm very near the end absolutely have experienced bugs and i'm going to talk more about alan wake 2 probably on a different show soon i just wanted to say that's what i've been playing a lot of and all that stuff is what's taken me away from the main talking point today which is of course is starfield i'm still in love with starfield i'm still here for starfield still playing starfield and now and as i wrap up alan wake 2 i've got a few things i want to do in starfield that i'm going to be ticking off so where am I? What's happening in Starfield? Since our one month episode, I think I spoke about how I still had some faction quests to do. Um, I still had uh, Ryujin to do. I think that was that was it. Ryujin and some side quests that I had open because um, I had reached the end of the main quest, sampled New Game Plus and reverted back to my save because I didn't really feel like I wanted to go that route yet. <clears throat> and so since then i yeah i finished the faction quests and i finished the side quests i finished the side quests that i could finish and i'll talk about that more in a minute um and yeah and just started bashing my way through the achievements and so i'm now at let me just check my hours played for starfield on my xbox app um now eric is absolutely he i think i compared stats on our profiles on xbox and he's probably played double <laughs> the amount of hours as me which you know what a hero uh, i sadly haven't so here we go let's look at my xbox app stats five days and six hours and 46 minutes played in starfield achievements i have everything apart from the two final achievements that I've got to unlock. One is the stars, my destination, which is visit all star systems. And here it says only 1.98% of players have unlocked this. And then the other one is reach for the stars, which is reach level 100. Only 0.9% of players have unlocked this. Now, I would like to hope that if I had not been playing the Alan Wake stuff since the last episode, I think I would have popped these two achievements and I'd be sitting here talking to you today with you know uh a thousand out of a thousand on starfield but i'm not quite there but so that's where i'm at and i'm i'm going to do my best to do it quote unquote legitimately um so for example to get to level 100 i know that there's things i could do i could just build a camp and put some things in a camp and ramp up some xp and get there pretty quick <sighs> And I don't know, for, my mind may, my cha might change on this because I might get too burnt out. I found that just going round planets and as long as you're, you know, well rested and have got your companion perk. Um, if you're going around a high level planet and just killing the high level fauna that you find, you rack up XP pretty quickly. And I was finding myself getting a couple of levels in like, you know, half an hour ish, something like that. And I was having fun, so I could probably get to level 100, quote-unquote, legitimately. Um, I'm only at level 54 so far. I thought I was a bit higher than that. I think on tapes I might have said I was at level 60. But, you know, I'm bouncing around from game to game. Sometimes I, I forget these things. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just over halfway, and 
I don't know. I, I'll see how I get on with playing it that way because I may just get to a point where... And, you know, what does getting to level 100 mean? It means I become kind of like, what, unstoppable and just rinse through everything, which that doesn't sound fun. I'm also playing the game on very hard as well, which I think that gives you more XP. And I'm not having any problems. I'm playing it on very hard and it's not very hard. <laughs> I'm I'm not dying. It's making the battles with... The most difficult stuff I've found while playing it on very hard is if I come across a base with loads of spacers on and there's quite a few like level 60, 70 spacers, you take a few hits and you will die. But I'm pretty good at dodging. And I have a calibrated coachman shotgun, which to be honest with you, just rips through everything. <laughs> I'm just having no problem against anything, but I'm having fun, having fun exploring. And, you know, and the exploration part of Starfield, it's not really why I play the game. Um, it's very sort of low down on my, you know, reasons for playing. It's more about story, characters, quests, and just, yeah, cool little tidbits, like cool weapons and things. And combat. The combat. Who'd have thought the combat would be a big part of a Bethesda game, right? It's it's top tier in Starfield. Um, so, so yeah, that's where I'm at with Starfield. I haven't played a great deal since the, the last episode. I, just, I finished off the main quest and uh, finished off the faction quest. I cleared up everything that I could because I didn't want to go to New Game Plus and start fresh. Um... I just feel like I've put a lot of work in. I wanted to explore some perks and things. And I know your perks carry over to New Game Plus, but like crafting and stuff and all your materials, that doesn't carry over, which is kind of painful. Um, so I wanted to just focus on my base level, um, you know, base character, max it out, get it, get all the achievements done, then go to New Game Plus and... Um, or, or make a new character and try just kind of a completely different route and try experimenting. And I know there's loads of people out there doing that. Like I was listening to Fallout Feed this morning and, and they obviously, you know, they will play Starfield and they talk a lot about Starfield on that show. And Ray in particular, you know, is Ray is like the person who vicariously I lived through for the experimentation stuff. And you know, and, you know, other folks do this as well. I know Eric does this and uh, Jessica Starr does this uh, from the Fallout feed as well. But Ray is like, yeah, he's really, he's trying in testing these stuff, testing these games to their limits. And I love that. And he was talking about um, if he could like get a ship. I think he was saying if, if he could get a ship on that first planet that wasn't Frontier or, or something like that anyway. Um so yeah, so I, I don't really need to do that. I can listen to other people do it. I just want to focus on my mission really now going forward is getting those two last achievements before any DLC comes out. I want to be topped out on Starfield and then I can start quote unquote messing around if you like until the DLC comes about. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do it. So where am I at? So I'm just looking, I'm at, I've got my menu open at the moment and looking at exploration like with visiting all the systems, so there's 120. I visited 96, so I'm not far off. Like I could get to this visiting systems, or what is it? Is visit all systems, right? So I could get to the visiting all systems pretty soon, but some of them are a bit out of reach for my, I guess, ship rank and my, you know, my light year jumping rank. So I need to look into that. However, and I'm going to mention the Fallout feed again. I was listening to that this morning and. Jess was saying that you don't need to actually visit 
every star system, what you can do is, if you go to New Game Plus, if you just tally up a total of 120 systems, that the achievement will pop. And I haven't verified that. I haven't Googled it, but, you know, Jess is is very rarely wrong. <laughs> and when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, so to get to level 100 and visit all these systems, maybe I can just jump to New Game Plus. So I'm going to have a think about how I do that because, you know, visiting, what have I got to visit, 14 more systems, that'll pop, like, <laughs> really quickly, like in the first hour of play if I go to New Game Plus, I suppose. So that's what I'm going to do. But, yeah, just some other... Um, Stats about my character here. Locations to cover, discovered, 271. Locations explored, 302. Days passed, 71. Hours slept, 205. Um, so yeah, I've got obviously got all the flora and fauna. Um, not flora and fauna. The resource achievements, the organic resources, the inorganic resources. Yeah, exploration planet scanned, 118. Planets landed on, 105. Yeah, and I I love this menu. I love going through and seeing everything uh, that you've done in the game. Let's have a look here. Headshots, 2,773 headshots. Um, do we have shotgun kills? Because that will show you that... Uh, no, we don't. It just has people killed, creatures killed. I'm at 920 creatures. Um, because the shotgun has been my... It's been my number one. It's been my go-to. I've I've bounced around and I definitely use the other weapons, but as with Fallout, I just shotgun main. And uh, yeah, it my current calibrated coachman. Let's have a quick cook, quick look at this. Oh no, sorry, I I upgraded it. I did do some tweaking, so I currently have a modified advanced coachman, which some mods it has. It has a choke, a tactical stock, and slug shots with a physical damage at the moment of four hundred and forty excuse me just going to take a screenshot of that um yeah 440 three out of seven mods i've just dabbled with the mods side of things you know i've i've bashed through and got some of the achievements for the modding and the crafting but yeah i haven't um i haven't ranked up massively in that but this is all stuff that i want to do going to be doing more of this um still no ship building uh and as i said no new characters um I'm just on the mission to get those last last two achievements. But yeah, still loving Starfield, still having fun. I think like my gameplay talk here today, as I said, it's quite, it's not very in-depth because it's not like I went, oh, I traveled to this planet and I went and did this and went and did this side quest and did that because all I was doing was, was cranking out those achievements um, rather than story stuff. And between now and the next episode, so obviously the next episode I mentioned, we're going to do spoiler discussion but I'd be playing more. Like I think Alan Wake 2, I guess I will finish today or tomorrow. And then after that, it's going to be between Starfield and finishing Control because there's nothing else out that I'm really going to be playing um, until maybe Baldur's Gate 3 hits Xbox, which who knows when that's going to be. Um, yeah, so still loving it, still having fun with Starfield, like seeing all the stuff online from the community, seeing all their screenshots, their clips. It's, yeah, for the days that I've not been playing, I've been living through everybody there, especially Eric. Like, you know, he's with Fallout 76 as well. He's been really flying the flag for both the shows and huge shout out to him as always. 
Right, moving on to kind of the crux of my conversation today, and I promise I'm not going to chat for an hour. It is game of the year season. I record this on Saturday, the 11th of November. And Monday, we'll see the official nominations released for the Game Awards, which is, you know, the main... The Jeff, the Keeleys, the Jeff Keeley Awards, the main awards for the years that for the year that's been running for about six, seven, eight years now. I don't think they've been going for ten years, right? Maybe six, seven, eight years. Um, and of course, outside of that, we have things like the BAFTA Game Awards. They are later. I think I don't think then maybe not till January or are they sooner? I'm not too sure. Um. But then yesterday we had the Golden Joystick Awards, which was held here in the UK. And, you know, when this stuff happens, you sort of potentially gives you a hint as to how all the awards are going to go. But not always, not always. Um, So Starfield actually won Best Xbox Game at the Golden Joystick Awards. Um, I'm going to talk more about Game of the Year stuff in a minute. But, I mean, Best Xbox Game of 2023... I don't see how anyone on planet Earth could argue against that. What has Xbox released in the past year? I'm going to rack my brain here. I'm going to, and this will prove it. I'm not a fanboy because I'll miss stuff off. All right. So Redfall, <laughs> we know how that went. Caveat, I don't hate Redfall. It's got issues and it was too expensive, you know, outside of Game Pass. But yeah, um, Redfall... Forza Horizon, uh, not Forza Horizon, sorry, Forza Motorsport, Starfield, jeez, um, what am I forgetting? Let's have a quick search live, because there'll be people listening to this like, you idiot, you're forgetting this game. Xbox Games 2023. Hi-Fi Rush, right? That was one. Oh, see, this is annoying. When you search Xbox games, it just tells you every video game that's on Xbox. Xbox first party games 2023 so oh google is failing me this is terrible okay let's let's forget looking for those games i mean maybe that is it right so age of empires is another one so redfall age of empires forza starfield they have obviously games coming up like you know uh, hellblade and stalker um, Stalker is that not first party is it or is it just an exclusive anyway long way to a short point I don't think anyone really is going to argue objectively that Starfield isn't Xbox's best game of 2023 right and I don't want to hear people saying well yeah the bar's not very high I, I, I hate that phrase I really really hate that phrase just because the bar isn't high doesn't mean that something isn't good um so yeah because that's what people are saying when that's what people are implying when they say that phrase it's like well the bar's not high so it must be terrible no 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 no. just because it clears a low bar doesn't mean it's bad so yeah starfield winning xbox's game of the year at the golden joystick awards totally deserved absolutely awesome congratulations to everyone in the team awards are weird because you know awards are given in different ways and voted by certain people and stuff like that and even when it comes to audience awards people just sway it in weird ways for fun and yeah so I have a kind of like a love-hate relationship with awards 
But yes, Game of the Year, the Game of the Year Awards is coming up. Um, as far as 2023 has gone, as you all know, it's been one of the biggest years of game releases ever. It's up there with, you know, 1998 and 2007, which are other, which are other years that are considered massive years. Um, I think what happened this year is the delay caused by the pandemic meant that every so many things got shunted and everything and there was some stuff that didn't get shunted that was already coming out this year um that maybe didn't need as you know a bigger kind of leeway on on the production schedule and we just ended up with a really stacked year of games it was it's been absolutely crazy and not only has it been a stacked year of games it's been a stacked year of easy out and out game of the year contenders like you know you're lucky to get three solid clear game of the year contenders in a year because what usually happens is they will have you know the game of the year award the game awards nominate six games for game of the year and usually there'll be like three in there that everyone goes oh yeah yeah of course these are the best games of the year and they're going to fight it out or is it's it's between two you know it's really it's between two clear out front runners and then they stick like maybe like a wild card in there or and an indie game, you know, like Stray was nominated for game of the year last year. And it's like, <clears throat> I I haven't played Stray, so maybe I'm talking out of turn here, but come on. <laughs> game of the year, Stray. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what's happening there. Um, I've seen enough of it, I think, to assume that that was just a... Uh, I'm not saying it's not a good game. <laughs> Maybe it was last year more barren, barren for games than I'm remembering. But yeah, so Stray was in there. So they always get like an indie game in there this year. This year, though, think about it. Think of the games we've had. This is a year that we've had, just from Nintendo alone, a new Zelda game and a new Mario game that both came out to widespread critical acclaim. People loved them. Tears of the Kingdom, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. You know, Mario Brothers Wonder only come out a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Um, what else have we had this year? We've had Resident Evil 4 remake. We've had the Dead Space remake. We've had Spider-Man 2. Uh, we've had Baldur's Gate 3. We've had Diablo 4. We've had... What else are people raving about? We, obviously, we've had Starfield. I'm going to get to Starfield. Um... Uh, Alan Wake 2 <laughs> this is the thing it makes me think of that meme of is it is Jason Momoa creeping up creeping up on um oh god what's his name Superman <laughs> I'm having a uh senile moment Henry Cavill that's it he's creeping up on Henry Cavill and on this meme people have like Henry Cavill is labeled as something like chilling there and then behind him is uh Jason Momoa creeping up, creeping up on him. And it feels like Henry Cavill is Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate, um, Dead Space, Diablo. And then creeping up there is like Mario Wonder and Alan Wake 2 just out of nowhere in the past couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> what other good games are people banging on about? Sea of Stars. Um, everyone's talking about Sea of Stars. People who've played it say it's awesome and... Uh, that it kind of deserves to be up there. Final Fantasy, is it 16? Which, again, is not something that I'm into, but I hear people... Um, uh, I hear people shouting out, shouting about it a lot. Um, 
what else came out this year that's like really really good um armored core does it was it armored core six that came out it's just like and, and these aren't like games that could be oh yeah there's there's still one clear winner in them you know in terms of the wider appeal i think all of these games are so incredibly strong um i do think there's one that is gonna take it and i think that probably will be Baldur's gate 3 because this is like um okay right i'm gonna i'm gonna slow down a little bit because when it comes to game of the year and look at the golden joystick awards so alan wake 2 just won the critics choice um now does game does the game awards have a critics choice i'm not sure but it's like maybe Baldur's gate 3 wins the critics choice and alan wake 2 wins game of the year um, for me, Alan Wake, Alan Wake 2 can't win Game of the Year, and that comes down to those bugs I talked about, but it's certainly incredible. Uh, it's certainly an incredible game. I'd love to talk more about how good Baldur's Gate 3 apparently is, but I haven't played it. I can't play it, and blame Microsoft for that. And same with Spider-Man 2. Like, when I think about my Game of the Year nominees, and I usually break it down to four, like I never really pick one Game of the Year. I pick, like, here's my four Games of the Year. That's what I've done the last few years. Um, and that And that's always fairly easy to do. This year, it's difficult. However, Baldur's Gate 3 and, St- and Spider-Man 2, I, I can't pick them i can't even think about picking them because i can't play them i don't have a ps5 so blame sony for that and i don't have um a pc to play Baldur's gate 3 i know Baldur's gate 3 is coming to xbox but it's not out yet blame microsoft for that um so but but Baldur's gate 3 was universally loved i think from an outside perspective and, you know, when it comes to reviews and opinions on games, really you should be out there finding people that you trust over a long period of time because then you know where their opinion is coming from. And I definitely have some friends who are, I would say, absolutely biased towards Baldur's Gate, which is fine, <laughs> and they love it, and I'm so happy for them that they love it. Um, I'm definitely biased towards Starfield. Um, and I think that there's been bias hate towards starfield that is completely unjust i'm not sat here trashing something like Baldur's gate or another game because why would i do that um however when it comes to more what i would say unbiased and objective opinions that i've i say objective because opinions aren't objective it's difficult people and reviewers that i've found that i trust many of them are like yeah Baldur's gate easy solid game of the year However, why is no one talking about the fact it falls off a cliff in the, in the third of the in the lo, lower third in the latter third of the game? Um, apparently, it's buggy as well, and it's certainly you know that split screen mode which uh, isn't coming to Series S uh, on PS5 is awful to watch. It doesn't work on PS5 either. So the game is not flawless. And it's not as flawless as some people made out. However, that doesn't necessarily matter when it comes to winning Game of the Year. I think Baldur's Gate 3 captured something. And it's it's primarily to do with the studio. And who the studio are. And the team. And the money that they had behind them. And how the game was developed. And for them to produce something as good as it is. I think people recognise that. And then obviously it came out a little while before Starfield. And then people had took issue with Starfield. 
Um, there's issues I have, but not the same as others. I'd said even before Starfield came out that it's going to be divisive because some people just don't like Bethesda games <laughs> and for obvious reasons. And uh, Bethesda games are very video gamey, and I love that, and it ticks all the boxes for me. But I can see why some people would be really frustrated that the conversations with the characters don't look like it's lifted from a movie. It's like, yeah, that's not really what Bethesda do. Um, so when it comes to Baldur's Gate 3, you know, what Larian have done is a mammoth achievement. They deserve all that praise. I think the idea of releasing a game in early access, like three years before it comes out, is something that more big games should consider. Um, even if it's on, if it's not open access, even if you could, even if you pay for that access, you know, I don't, did you have to pay for that for Baldur's Gate 3? I actually have no idea. Um, you probably should have. If they didn't do that, they missed a trick there. But like, say if Starfield released in early access, like two years ago, which allowed them, many people to play it, and to then feed back into what ended up being the finished product that went out to the world. I'm not saying we would have had a better or worse game, but, you know, it, it may have quelled some people's criticisms. I don't know. I think, but I think when it comes to these huge games, maybe that's a way to do it, and some people could learn from that. So that... Baldur's Gate 3 has a three-year early access period on its side to launch in such a good state. But then, as I say, that being said, there's many respected journalists and critics that I follow that say people are very quiet. The reviews certainly didn't really talk about how the fact that Baldur's Gate 3 really drops off in the latter half of the game. And there's people I know that love Baldur's Gate 3 um, who haven't touched on that at all. And it's like, well, maybe they got lucky. Um, but then when I think about my game of the year okay well let's frame it this way game of the year is Starfield a game of the year contender I think objectively yes of course it is there's other games that come out this year Lies of P I think Lies of P's meta score is lower than Starfield Lies of P is an incredible game I mean incredible. Again, huge like credit to the studio for pulling off what they've done for that. Um, Starfield is rated higher. Starfield is a very different game. I'm not comparing the games, but when you just talk about, okay, what makes it into the game of the year six based on score, I guess is there maybe like four 90s this year, but then what qualifies that some people i know some people think liza p is better than starfield but liza p scored less so should liza p get nominated over starfield like it's crazy it's absolutely crazy scores are weird and scores are dumb to be honest with you but anyway so but is it a game of the year contender i think objectively yes <laughs> the package it delivered is insane and again despite people's criticisms of it i think the fact it's still selling and still high on the well on the high play charts. This is a single player game, two months out from release, that is still performing incredibly well. That doesn't happen with single player games. It doesn't. They fall off. The numbers fall off a cliff after those first two weeks because everyone moves on with moves on with their lives. That's not happening with Starfield. And for a new IP, yes, or it has Bethesda behind it. But for a new IP, it's, it's that's an insane achievement and. Everything it brings, everything that it does do right, absolutely deserves it to be in the conversation for Game of the Year. Um, is it my personal Game of the Year? At the moment, I do not know. 
I think it's going to be hard to knock it out of my top four of the game. I think it's in my top four easily. There's just no, I can't see what else, there's nothing else coming out. Unless, even if Baldur's Gate 3 comes out in a couple of weeks and I play it on Xbox, I think of my four games of the year, and I'm not going to say them yet because I'm going to do like a big thing about that. I can't see Starfield shifting out of that top four. Is it my top game of the year? Maybe. It maybe is. I need to finish Alan, I need to finish Alan Wake 2 <laughs> before I make an objective call on this. Um, some other good games out there. Dead Space, Lies of P, <laughs> Super Mario Wonder, Sonic Superstars. <laughs> Sonic Superstars probably isn't my game of the year, but I did love it. Um, Planet of Luna, that little game that I think I talked about on this show earlier in the year. Earlier in the series. So many incredible games. Is is Starford my game of the year? It's getting there. I don't know. I I think after after I we get to sort of December, I'm gonna do a game of the year thing and talk about it more then, but it's gonna be hard to knock it off. I've pretty much done everything I need to do in Starfield for now, like I said, apart from those last little bits to clean up. Yeah, it's is it a personal game of the is it a personal game of the year? Yeah, it's it's up there. It's in the top four. Is it my top one? I don't know. We'll see. Um do I think it's gonna be officially nominated for game of the year? It do you know what? It pains me, it honestly pains me to say no. I don't think it's gonna get nominated because I've seen how this stuff goes before. And I think that's really crap because I think it should get nominated. And what I think the Game Awards should do this year is increase the number of nominations like the Oscars do. The Oscars change it as well if it's a pretty stacked year. I think it goes, sometimes goes up to 10 nominations for Best Picture, right? And I'm not saying we need to go up to 10, but maybe Game of the Year, Game Awards needs to go from six to eight. So Starfield could get in there because when I think about Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Spider-Man 2, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, um, Alan Wake 2, Dead Space Remake, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Sea of Stars. Like, where's Starfield going to fit? I'm not sure it's going to officially get nominated. So by the time you listen to this, the nominations will already be out. Um so you might be listening to this thinking, no, oh, don't worry, it got nominated. And, you know, we'll we'll decompress and talk about that um, after <laughs> on the next episode. Um, it's a stacked year. I think it will pick up nominations in other categories. You know, I, I don't know what they all are off the top of my head. I think it should get nominated, certainly for best score. I think it should get nominated for... Um, uh, uh, best RPG and obviously Baldur's Gate 3 will get nominated for that as well I assume that's a category for Game of the Year awards Game Awards um, as I said I have a love-hate relationship with these things I don't follow the awards super closely because they're kind of weird um, but yeah it's going to be interesting it's it's Game Awards season and somebody's got to get snubbed um, and I yeah, I will just be really sad if Starfield gets snubbed because I think it just kind of fulfills a narrative thread around the game that is just not true. And I think 
the numbers around the game for players and stuff show you that <laughs> because if it was a bad game people wouldn't be playing it and people aren't playing it ironically some people love playing bad games for fun because it's got a personal thing that it's not that starfield the appeal is there people are loving the game and we're still in the early stages of life for starfield anyway that's my game of the year thoughts do i think it's officially going to get nominated for game of the year it pains me to say no. I don't think it's going to... I do think it's going to get snubbed, sadly. Is it in my personal game of the year? Yeah, 100%. Of course it is. So to wrap up, I'm just going to quickly talk about... Uh, so what's coming up for Starfield and what I think I need them to do. And the first one is bugs. Now, I mentioned on the previous episode that my playthrough which I guess I was at like four days or something on the previous episode has for Starfield has been effectively flawless um very minor non you know just kind of nondescript insignificant uh bugs some clipping through walls and stuff maybe one hard crash or something like that since I finished the game I'm just going to open up my quest log now uh which I can find over here and just so if I go over to is it misc is it on my misc yeah so main faction misc I have a few quests on this misc I've got like power from beyond like go and find um you know follow the scanner to find the source of the distortion I have quests and there's four at the bottom here. Dear Sister, Supply Line, Display of Power, and Liquid Assets. Um, oh, no, sorry, not Liquid Assets. It's just Display of Power, Supply Line, and Dear Sister. Dear Sister, Janet asked me to deliver a letter to her sister, Julia. I should bring it to her. This takes me to a location that doesn't exist because the ship that I need to get on is not there. This is a bugged quest, which I cannot complete. Supply Line. After a tense meeting with Benjamin Bayou, Yannick and I were spared, but Yannick's Aurora's smuggling operation is under Bayou's control now I should not see how Yannick is doing excuse me this isn't really a massive spoiler it's like a uh, yeah it's a it's a smuggling side quest in neon it's not a main quest um these characters are behind a door that I cannot open and I have no idea why it's a door that I was in I was behind once but now is locked and it says you need the key and there is no key and I've googled it and gone to reddit and it's a bugged quest and I can't complete it Display of power. I'm an Ebside striker now. Um, uh, Briggs and Hatchet will give me my next gig. Same thing. These people are behind a door that are locked that I cannot access. Um, yes. And uh, it's really frustrating. Um, uh, so Briggs and Hatchet, they're the... That's like the gang of Neon, right? Yeah. So these are three quests that I cannot complete because they are bugged, sadly. And out of however many quests I've done I don't know what did it say on my stats um 145 quests completed 86 activities completed so you know looking at nearly 300 there it's not too bad to have three bug out on me um but you know it's frustrating and it's annoying I know other people have had some worse issues uh with Starfield it's not without bugs However, that being said, compared to some other games I've played, and Alan Wake 2 specifically, Alan Wake 2 might be the buggiest game I've played this year, which is 
such a shame. Really, really such a shame. On Xbox, that is. Um, yeah, so I'd like them fixed, please, <laughs> Bethesda, if you're listening. And then in terms of fixes and updates, I know they're testing, they're like beta testing some uh, stuff for Starfield at the moment. The updates have been a little bit few and far between. We are two months out from the game. Two and a half months. Just over two months. Just over two months since launch. And yeah, uh, some of this stuff that they're beta testing, I get it. I would have liked, you know, like the eat button and things like that. I would have liked all of that to arrive sooner. Or did that or did that arrive? But the maps, we've talked about local maps. They're not here yet. Um, and then yeah, big con. No news on the DLC. When's the DLC coming? So, as much as I'm loving Starfield, I'd like the updates to be a bit quicker. Is that spoilt of me to say? I hate sounding spoilt with games because we're already spoilt. We have so much, and there's so much to keep me busy. But yeah, I just feel like, all right, I get it's a huge mammoth task to update this game and they want to do it properly i don't know i think nearly three months into uh, after release i would have liked these things to have been fixed <laughs> it's a shame maybe they'll get there maybe they'll never be fixed like some games you know um and yeah give us that new story update give us the new content whenever that is phil spencer talked about and todd howard talked about how they've got plans for this game to keep people playing for the next few years not forever i don't think that people they're planning people play it forever i think mods will be a big part in its future to allow people to play it forever or decades but in terms of the main content that gets put out where is it where's the dlc are we going to be waiting six months for the dlc are we, they're going to be doing an Elden Ring on us? What's that? That's like nearly two years after the game came out that that DLC is arriving, which to me is just, I mean, <laughs> it better be good. <laughs> so yeah, I hope we're not waiting six months for what I assume is going to be Varun-focused DLC. I'd really love to see that. And yeah, that's where I'm at. So a lot of fun with Starfield. I'm, I'm closing the gap on those last two achievements. Is it going to win Game of the Year? Probably not. It's definitely, in my heart of hearts, one of my personal games of the year, though. And I can't wait to finalise my list, and I'll talk about that a bit more in future. Um, yes, that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. Look forward to the future updates for Starfield. And like I say, stand by for our spoiler discussion episode coming up. We're going to get really deep into the story and some other things about the game. Um, until then, I'm going to hand it back over to Eric. Thank you, everyone as always, for listening to me ramble and indulging me as I talk about Starfield for... I think I said at the start of this, I'm not going to go on for like an hour, and I nearly have, <laughs> which I'm very sorry about. Come and talk with me about Starfield. You find me on Twitter at K underscore D underscore B underscore. And yeah, come and interact with the Starfield Sandwich Twitter account as well, Star Sand Pod. I'm sure Eric will do all the, the other plugs as well. I have other stuff out for First Aid Spray. We had a review of the Halloween movies for Spooky Season. Um, we've got some more First Aid Spray stuff. We have our um, we did our five years, last five years of Resident Evil because it's been five years of the First Aid Spray podcast. Uh, for Gears of War and Gears Intel, we did some open world game talk and should the next Gears of War go open world, go and listen to that episode if you like Gears of War. And yeah, a couple of weeks ago we put a new episode of Two Carrots out as well where Lou and I caught up and talked about life and talked about 
news topics and games and, and things that we usually do. And there's more more content coming from that soon as well. Busy, busy, busy as always. Too many games to play. Not enough time in the day. Till next time, stay safe out there, travellers. Thanks again to my good buddy Kelsey, as always, for your thoughts on uh, all things Starfield and everything else you're involved in. Uh, definitely check out Gears Intel, First Aid Spray. You guys just had a recent episode of the Two Carrots podcast. That was that was great to see. Um, fun, as always, uh, hearing everything you and Lou have been up to. Also, uh, speaking of first aid spray, it was great hearing you guys break down a couple of Halloween movies. That was fantastic. Uh, Well done, guys. As far as game of the year, I I don't know. I don't know if Starfield will win either. I I really want it to. But, and you know, I, I haven't, of course, played Baldur's Gate 3. I'm really looking forward to playing that once it comes on Xbox, which apparently is going to be before the end of the year. So I will be all over that. Um, I already mentioned my experience with Zelda. As much as I love Tears of the Kingdom, I don't know if it will win either. Spider-Man 2. Now, you guys know me at all. You know I'm a huge comic fan. Have been my whole fucking life i would love to play spider-man 2 but again i don't have a ps5 so i i can't really give uh my thoughts on that i would love to play the spider-man games i remember playing spider-man 2 back in the day was it 2002 or 2003 that was a kick-ass game amazing game Um, So I would love to be able to play the new generation of Spider-Man games. But unfortunately I can't. So I can't really give any thoughts on that as far as Game of the Year. But all I know is that I'm about 250 hours into Starfield. And I'm still thoroughly enjoying it. I love the idea of what you can do with New Game Plus to keep that character going. It's not to where you just get to a point where you're like, oh, well, I don't have any more to do, so I'm just going to make a new character. Nothing wrong with making a new character. I myself have been an altaholic in the past. Still am to an extent. But with Starfield, I don't feel the need to start a new character. Like, I'm glad that I've got my streaming character because with him... He's got completely different traits. Like, he's got a completely different background and a set of traits. Which, I mean, yeah, that that would be the only reason that I would start a new character would be to see what some other traits are like. So, I mean, I've mentioned with my main character, he is an explorer that is an empath, an extrovert, and... Um, else the fourth one oh uh united colonies native like uc native so which i mean those are all basically speech options like i i wanted something that didn't really give me any negative effects 
Um, and you know, empath and extra uh, empath is sent especially has been useful. Um, so with my streaming character, I made him a combat medic with the uh, hero worship. So I've got the adoring fan, um, kid stuff. So I, I just recently met my parents with Captain Fuckface. Um, yes, that's my character's my streaming character's name, and Fosco does say it. Um, and the other one was Wanted. So I wanted to make that super interesting for stream. And he did just recently encounter some bounty hunters, and I had just dealt with a, a space battle. So I'm like, yeah, there's no way in hell I'm dealing with this. So I just took off. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess back to the point, that would be the only reason why I would really feel the need to start another character is to just to see what some of those other traits are like what would it be like um coming from the varun like speaking of varun yeah um kelsey kind of touched on this that uh he thinks that we're gonna get a varun centric dlc i for one would love that um i have my own thoughts on what shattered space is um, and I, I've spoken about that with a few people. I don't really know. Um, I'm not going to really give my thoughts on that quite yet. This episode has actually gone on pretty long as it is. But I really kind of feel like, for all intents and purposes, the Varun don't really have a huge impact on the story. Like, you don't really learn a whole lot. Like, you, you learn about their history... But there isn't really a Varun-centric story in the game. And I really want that. Um, like, you, you kind of get a little bit of one with Andresia's personal quests. But that's it. So I would love to be able to dig into more Varun content. So I really hope that that is the case with a DLC down the line. Um, because otherwise it just kind of feels like they got cheated. And yeah, as far as what we're going to get up to here, um, the next few episodes, we're going to start getting into the lore. The lore has always kind of been my bread and butter as far as my podcasts go. And we kind of got away from that a little bit with the Tapes and Always podcast. We're going to get back into the lore here very shortly. But, um, like, I've, I've uh, discussed some ideas with Kelsey, and we both agree that it'd be a fun idea. So be on the lookout for some more lore episodes with Tapes from the Wastes, and we're going to start doing lore episodes with the Starfield Sandwich podcast. So uh, be warned, we probably will get into more spoilery territory. So we're going to kind of start with um, what you encounter in the museum when you're starting the vanguard story now i will say that um (laughs) what you get in that museum might not be a hundred percent fact because you're going through their quote-unquote history of these settled systems from the uc perspective so that may be a little bit propaganda, but you know what? I'll get into that once we get into the lore episodes. 
So anyway, that is it for this episode. I already mentioned where you can find uh, KDB's other podcasts. You know, you got Gears Intel, First Aid Spray, Two Carrots. You can find him on Twitter at K underscore D underscore B underscore. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at IanGold08. I'm also on Blue Sky at IanGold08. I always forget to mention that. And you can find the show on Twitter at StarSandPod. And you can find the show on Instagram at StarfieldSandwich. And that is it. So until next time, stay safe out there, Spacelanders. <laughs>